Hello and welcome to the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Do keep in mind that we have other resources and information available at our website. If you wish to hear other English audio messages, they are available for free, either at our website or as podcast or iTunes. Just look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. Complaining about the evil that happens in the world is nothing new. It happened before, just like it happens now. We look all around us and at everything wrong that people do, and I'm sure many of us are wondering, when will all of this get dealt with? Sometimes people judge God and say, if He is such a good God, then why does He allow for all of this evil to happen? And the truth is, is that God will act and deal with all sin at some point. But for right now, He allows for man to exercise their free will, and unfortunately, not too many people use their freedom for good. The truth is that in order for there to be a fair judgment at the end, he must let things play out. And while that happens, he's looking to see how each and every one of us act in all of the various situations. God will inevitably deal with all sin, and we need to act accordingly for our own sake. Please stay with us for the next few minutes as we look into what God has to say about all of this. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Holy God, that you please forgive my sins. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the forgiveness and mercy that we find through him. Lord, I pray humbly now in the name of Jesus that you may please, O Lord, guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, but help us to also be sensitive to your word and to your ways and to always have the desire to be able to do it. I give you thanks and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture passage reading today is found in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1 and verses 1 to chapter 2, verse 3. This is the word of the Lord. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence. And you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I, says the Lord, will work a work in your days, which you would not believe though it were told you. For indeed I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards and more fierce than evening wolves. Their chargers charge ahead. Their cavalry comes from afar. They all fly as the eagle that hastens to eat. They all come for violence. Their faces are set like the east wind. They gather captives like sand. They scoff at kings, and princes are scorned by them. They deride every stronghold, for they heap up earthen mounds and seize it. Then his mind changes, and he transgresses. He commits offense, ascribing this power to his God. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. O rock, you have marked them for correction. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil. 
and cannot look on wickedness? Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? They take up all of them with a hook. They catch them in their net and gather them in their dragnet. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Therefore they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their dragnet, because by them their share is sumptuous and their food plentiful. Shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. We may ask ourselves, just like the prophet Habakkuk, until when will we need to deal with evil in this world? And there is no exact answers to when exactly, but rest assured, God will deal with sin at some point. But while that happens, we should bear in mind a few things before we are so swift in requiring judgment. Because many times we think that we're doing everything right, and we're not either. It is easier for us to see the wrong that others do rather than our own wrong, the sins that we commit personally. And we become even more indignant because we feel we're victims of someone else's wrongs. And that may be true. Many of us probably do feel other people's issues on us and quite painfully. But nonetheless, I'm sure that we wrong others in some way, fashion or form as well. No one is perfect, not one of us, no matter how much we would like to think or pretend to be. I myself am very far away from being perfect and have many regrets for the wrongs I've done in the past. At the end of the day, whether small or great, sin is sin. And so we need to look for our answers in the word of the Lord. Psalm chapter 14, verse 1 to 3 tells us this. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. So you see, every single person has issues before the eyes of God. We cannot be made holy through our own strength. Holiness and being right with the Lord can only be achieved through the grace we find in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we repent and convert from all of our sins and we cling on to his lordship when we hand over our lives to him. And also as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, as we submit all of those areas he needs to work in, as we are transformed and changed into the likeness of Christ. This is the only way we can ever be right before the Lord. But even then, we will still make mistakes. We will still sin, either knowingly or unconsciously against others, while that process is underway. And some may say, that still does not make my situation better as far as me having to deal with other people's sin against me. And this is what I would suggest for you to consider. If you have forgotten your past life, where you once were before coming to Christ and bearing in mind the sins and wrongs that you may still be committing against others, 
What if God would have acted swiftly in judging you? What if God did not give you the chance to repent and change from your evil ways? What if the Lord came down on you right now for the sins that you still commit against others? You might say, my sins are not as bad as the sins that other people commit. And I would have to say, says who? God? And how can we justify our wrongs, whether great or small, before a God that is holy and perfect? And here's where the same patience God has for us is the same patience we need to have for others, as hard as it may be sometimes. We cannot accuse God for any wrongdoing because He chooses to be truly good and desires to at least give everyone an opportunity for salvation, a chance to turn away from their sins and come to the feet of the cross for forgiveness. No one is too far gone for God. God desires for all men, even those that we may think are too vile and evil, to come to His saving grace. In Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 10 to 20, tells us more about God's goodness towards everyone, where it says, Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you say, If our transgressions and our sins lie upon us and we pine away in them, how can we then live? Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Therefore you, O son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered, but because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. If he turns away from his sin and does what is lawful and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and right. He shall surely live. Yet the children of your people say, The way of the Lord is not fair. But it is their way which is not fair. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is lawful and right, he shall live because of it. Yet you say, The way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his ways. God desires to give everyone an opportunity. That's why he does not act right away many times. That is why he even delays his coming back for us, not because he has forgotten or because it is not going to happen. He is just patiently waiting, lovingly desiring that all come to repentance, even those people we don't like so much. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 10 tells us this, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some count slackness, 
but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And so, make no mistake, the Lord is coming, and He may appear at any moment when no one expects them to show up. But meanwhile, He waits because He is good, because He is merciful, because He wants to give everyone a chance, just like the opportunity God may have given us at one moment or another. I thank God that He gave me the opportunity for salvation so many years ago and that He did not act swiftly against me. I thank God for His continued mercy on me, for the wrongs that I have done even after coming to know Him. I can never forget who I was before I knew Him and the stupid and wrong things that have happened after. And of course, the stupid and wrong things that may continue happening later on because of my imperfection, because of the sin that still dwells within me. I have to say, just like the Apostle Paul once said, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And so the Bible counsels us even further. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 17, 18, where it says, You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor, which means you can point out to him or her the wrong they're doing to you, and not bear sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So, We can tell people how we feel and what they're doing wrong to us, but we cannot sin against them. We cannot take vengeance nor bear any grudges. We have to let all of that go and allow for the Lord to deal with them. That's one of the aspects of loving our neighbor, and it's quite clear. Jesus further explained to us how we need to treat our enemies. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48, it says this, You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitely use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, but reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Why should we love our enemies? Because that is the same good God showed each of us when we were dead in our sins and our trespasses. Before we surrender our lives to the Lord, We were His enemies. We are not born being children of God. We become children of God when we effectively hand over our lives to Him. 
But until that happens, we are God's enemies. Yet despite us being God's enemies, God showed his love toward us, his enemies, when he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for the sins of the world. He sent the sinless, the perfect, to take on the sins and wrongs of the sinners, of those that were his enemies. God's goodness is unbelievable and immeasurable. And he is trying to teach us to be just as good as he is, to understand that everyone needs his grace and mercy. Everyone needs that opportunity for salvation, even our enemies. Jesus taught us further that we need to be different through our faith in him. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 to 16 tells us this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When we come to Christ and the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, we need to be the salt of the earth, which means that our righteous actions needs to flavor this very bad tasting world. We need to make the difference. This is what it also means to be the light of the world. We need to be light in this dark world as we reflect Jesus Christ in our lives. We need to bring the light of God's reason into everything around us. When we practice God's love, goodness and mercy on others, we become that light this dark world so desperately needs. And we need to do those things that are pleasing for God because in the end, every single person will stand in judgment for their actions. That is where ultimately the Lord will deal with every single person and with their actions. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9-11, it says this, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. And so this is why we need to worry more about our own actions, about what we do and how we should please the Lord rather than what happens to other people. When we stand before the throne of God, the Lord will not ask us about what other people did. He will only be concerned with what you did. Therefore, our focus should be us individually. Jesus was very clear on this when he spoke to Peter after he had ascended. In John chapter 21, verse 20 to 23, this is what was written about that conversation. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Then the saying went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? So 
don't worry too much about other people and what they are doing and what will happen to them, or even less, what you think should happen to them, because it all matters to God, and that is God's job. We need to do what we need to do, despite other people's actions. God will sort all of that either here, but more importantly, in the future. Meanwhile, as a final thought, I leave this with you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, gives us this truth. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God wishes to bestow his grace through faith to every human being. None of us deserved God's grace. It's his good gift to us through his son, Jesus Christ. But this gift that is through faith in Jesus has an absolute purpose. And that is to convert and restore God's creation back to its original purpose. We were not made for sinning, for doing those things that produce death. We were created and made for good works and we should walk in them. Most people remember that salvation is through faith and grace, but they always have a hard time going to the next verse where we get the explanation, the reason for why we were saved, the why God bestowed his gift of salvation. Good works involve displaying all of those things that belong to God and reflect the work of the Holy Spirit, starting with love. And that includes even loving your enemy, as hard as that may be. But as we mentioned before, those of us that have decided to follow Christ used to be his enemies. And if God loved us, then we in turn need to love those that God loves just as much as he loves us. And there is absolutely nothing unfair about that. God's ways are truly good. We do live in a sinful and destructive world. This physical world in general is not a good place. And the reason for why that is so is because of the curse of sin. That is why God hates sin. When man fell in sin at the beginning, this world became the place it is now. Death entered the world. God's good creation was turned into a fallen one. That's why we as a human race can try to resolve all of the issues that plague us, but our effort and technology is no match for the power of sin. We can try to rescue the environment, but in one way or another, it will continue falling apart. We can try to find different cures for different illnesses and diseases, but we will either fail at those cures or new sicknesses will emerge. People can try to fix themselves using different means and methods, but the void in every person's heart will remain there unless they involve the Lord. Until the Lord enters the picture of their lives, people will continue down a path where they will continue making wrong decisions and doing evil, knowingly or instinctively, because destroying ourselves is part of nature, thanks to the sin that still dwells within us. As the Bible explains, sin entered the world through Adam, through man, but God brought life back into the world through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. However, God's plan is not to keep this fallen world. God's plan is to create new heavens and new earth, to do away with all of the old, leaving no traces behind. And so, 
even though this present world and all of the sin that is in it, including people, constantly hinders and affects us, we should try not to focus on that. God will deal with all sin inevitably, either here and now, and certainly in the near future, when every single person stands before him to give an account. That's why we should worry more about what each one of us is doing individually and making sure that we are taking our lead from the Lord Jesus Christ himself through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and his word. And if we're doing that, then we should bear in mind that if we are given a chance to do things right, then we should give that same opportunity to others. That is why sharing the gospel is imperative. We need to give as many people as possible the opportunity to come to Christ so their lives can turn around also. The good Lord wants for as many people to come to his truth as possible. And so we need to work on loving our enemies as well as loving our friends by telling them about Jesus and showing them Jesus through our lives. No one said it would be easy, but it needs to be done. That is what someone did for us at some point or doing for you right now. So we just need to do what we need to do and let God take care of the rest. God is God and he will deal with everything and everyone and we should live our lives as such. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord God. For you are truly good and you are merciful and you are loving. Thank you for the love that you showed the entire world through all the ages, through Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord, for his sacrifice. Thank you for the way of salvation that we have through him. Lord God, I praise you and I worship you because, Lord God, there is no one like you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, please forgive our sins. And just like your son, Jesus Christ, prayed, Help us, O oh Lord, to forgive other people's trespasses as you forgive ours. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you. Help us to always be mindful that if you forgave us, then we need to know how to forgive others. It's not easy, Lord. It's not easy for me. But help us, O oh Lord, to learn how to be as good as you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.